All right, now back in making her sixth appearance with me here on the French Lake Resort guest line is Cindy Miller. Let me remind you a little bit about Cindy's background. She's from Silver Creek, New York, which is about 45 miles southwest of Buffalo. She played her college golf as a walk-on, mind you, at the University of Miami. There she became an All-American her senior year, served as team captain to help Miami win back-to-back NCAA national championships in 1977 and 78. She won the New York State Amateur Championship back in 1978 as well and qualified for the LPGA Tour in 79. Played on the LPGA Tour for a few years. She competed in five U.S. Opens. She's a Class A LPGA professional. She was named LPGA Teacher of the Year in 2010, and Golf Digest has named her as one of the top 50 women teachers in America. Golf Tips Magazine has her as one of their top 25 instructors. In 2011, Cindy was inducted into the Greater Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame. And on top of all of that, she's a fantastic speaker and one of the great people you get to meet in this life. And I'm very excited. She is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Cindy, how are you? Thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Cindy, catch us up. What's been going on with you so far this summer? Hi, hi, Um Well, I'll tell you what. The weather's been great in Buffalo, believe it or not. We didn't have summer until June. It was pouring rain most of the spring uh, once it stopped snowing. And now it's been just busy, busy, busy. We've done some junior camps. We've got some boot camps coming up in Orlando. Uh, we've just been really, really busy. Corning, I was lucky enough to be invited to Corning Country Club's 100th anniversary with the Legends Tour. And they invited, wow. yeah, 26 you know, former tour players that play on the Legends Tour to come to Corning. We did a 10-person a shootout, and then we did a pro-am, and they just had a huge, big party for their 100th anniversary, and I thought it was pretty awesome that they invited uh, the former LPGA Tour players who played in the Corning Classic. So that was great. No doubt. So, Cindy, you do so many great things across the board for junior players, for your adult students, for corporate training and speaking and all of those sorts of things. For people that are, aren't as aware of the corporate training and speaking that you do, let our listeners know they're out there looking for someone that can come in and motivate and teach a lot of the different things that you have in your toolkit for, uh, for their corporate um, employees and whatnot. Let them know about the great things that you do and what you bring when you speak to the to, uh, different corporations. Well, it, it all started when my husband and I, Alan, and we happen to be the only married couple in the world that have played on all four major tours, the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, the PGA Tour Champions, and the Legends Tour of the LPGA. And we went to a seminar, and this woman was speaking from the stage and talking about how her husband drove her nuts. And I was like, yeah, I got one of them. And uh, so I paid attention to what she was saying. And I, and I, she had written a book called Personality Plus. So as soon as she was done talking, I went to the back of the room. And, of course, I bought the book. And in the book was a personality assessment. So I took the test for me. And then, of course, I took it for Alan. And then I sat there and read off all of his weaknesses to him. And I had a delayed intelligence attack. And I was like, oh, my God. You can't help yourself. I thought you acted like this on purpose just to drive me nuts. And it was really, I mean, I was married and we had a kid or two at this point. 
And I had never, ever heard or learned that there were different behavior styles. So it really was, you know, like I said, a delayed intelligence attack. So I was so intrigued. I found out that I could go get certified to learn how to do this better and teach it to people. So that being said, once I was certified, I was like, I'm not the only idiot that doesn't know anything about this. And I started doing teaching and training programs with golf teams. So Alan and I would go together. I mean, he, if you were going to compare tour players, he's Jason Duffner or Ernie Alves, Mr. Chill. And I'm Suzanne Patterson or Tiger Woods, right? So I'm a high D competitive control freak maniac and he's Mr. Chill, which means you have to play within your own, your own behavior style. So I finally got certified in not only behavior, but motivation and judgment, which is how do you perceive people? And do you have biases towards people? And so one thing led to another, and we got invited to go speak at the Microsoft World Partner Conference. So I, wow. I did these sessions with Microsoft, and, and it, people are people. I mean, people have trouble with people that aren't just like them. So, again, you know, it, it, we've done it with Merck. We've done it with Microsoft. We've done it with other companies, with different insurance companies, banking industry. So it doesn't matter if you're playing golf or you're working in the back office or you're the CEO of the company. Learning how to deal with people is very, very important. So that's what we do. So, Cindy, take take that, and we've talked the last few times about another program that you have, which is your It Box. And so, talk. It seems very related to me, and both of you know, in both of those things, talk about your It Box and the you know personal development program you created associated with that. So, Alan. I, now I have to give you the backstory. Alan happened to be an alcoholic. Alan was had a dad who was a competitive control freak who was totally opposite of him. So it, if you're a Tiger Woods and you have a child that's a Jason Duffner, you believe that this kid doesn't care, if that makes sense. Because uh -huh. they look unmotivated, right? But Alan's the second purest ball striker Dave Pels has ever tested. So it's not that he doesn't care. He does things differently. Does that make sense? Sure. So I filed for divorce. I lost the divorce. The divorce never got filed. The papers never got filed in the courthouse. Alan tried to commit suicide, and, and I'm acting like this isn't a big deal. It was a big deal. We never filed the papers in the courthouse. That was 1998. Alan was in a mental hospital twice. He hasn't had a drink since 1996, which is a total miracle. And somehow, some way, you know, I don't know, I think be a God, he gave me this box, the it box. And there's three things in the box. The first thing in the box, if you choose to pursue your it, which what is it? Your potential, your passion, and your purpose in life is a nail. And that nail signifies pain. So if you were sitting on a nail, would you stay there and allow it to hurt? Or would you get up? How bad does it have to hurt to be willing to change? The second thing in the box, if you choose to pursue your it, is a mirror. You have to be willing to look in the mirror to see what your strengths are, your weaknesses. What do you need to fix? Where do you want to go? What do you need to learn to be able to get what you want? And the third thing in the box is a seed. 
So if you choose to pursue your itch, you need to know why, which is the nail. You need to have the what, what is, you know, who are you, what do you want? You look in the mirror. And the third thing is the seed. You have to do something about it. So the funny thing is the seed came to me in 1998 when I was sitting at a marriage counselor's office whining about Alan and crying and the tears are dripping down my eyes and the boogers are going in my mouth because I don't have any Kleenex. And the guy gets up and I happen to be a Christian. He goes in and get me, gets me a wad of toilet paper and he comes back and he hands me the wad of toilet paper and he says, the Lord just told me to tell you something. And I looked up like a little brat and I go, oh, really? What did he tell you to tell me? He said, he told me to tell you that he's planted a seed in your life and you need to quit digging it up to see if it's growing. You need to leave the seed alone and water it and put it in the light. And if you do, there's no telling how good this will be. So that's the third thing in the box, a nail, a mirror, and a seed. So when I go in and do my speaking engagements, I have a presentation called The Privilege of Pressure. I share this story, and then I challenge people to pursue their it. And I've also started a nonprofit for kids. So we've delivered the program in four school systems in Western New York, some of the poorest neighborhoods there are, with refugee kids who don't even speak English. And those kids are, take part in a six-week program. We've created a youth profile so they know what their behavior style is. They learn what motivates them to action. And then they have to make vision boards for their future. So it gives them hope. We also help them understand why some teachers drive them nuts and why some teachers can't stand them. And then we teach them how to communicate better with those people who are opposite from them. So that's what I'm doing. Wow. That's amazing stuff, Cindy. I, and and along the way, there's got to be some really cool success stories. What are some of the things that you're hearing or or you know actually witnessing from the people that get involved with your the your it box and the, and that program from where they started to where they're at now? Well, it's only been a couple years, but I can tell you that the attendance record of the kids that took part in the program is much better. I can tell you that when I see them, you know, and I, and it's funny because I I do an assembly first. Because people have to choose to pursue their it. I have this thing about it. I don't want to try to make somebody do something they don't want to do. So they have to opt into the program. And um, I, I, they run up to me and they go, Cindy, you know, how are you? I miss you. How are you? know, So they get written up less. There's less disciplinary action. Their grades have gone up. They're absent much less. So definitely good things are happening. And it's only the beginning. Cindy, I want to switch gears a little bit because you have so much great content on your website. Again, cindymillergolf.com. And you have a learn to hit it kit. Talk about what that is. You know, it's funny. I was doing a corporate outing and there were a bunch of young women there. And and I said, why aren't you guys playing golf? And they go, we don't know what we're doing. And I said, well, you got to really, you got to learn to play golf because it's going to give you access to the big boys. And when you know how to play, you know, they're going to respect you more. And they said, well, you know what? That's great. That's beautiful. But I don't want to get home from work and have to hire a babysitter and then have some male chauvinist pig looking down my blouse while he's trying to give me a lesson. They said, why don't you teach us how to play 
in, in our backyard. I said, what a great idea. So we have a daughter who happens to be a producer at the Golf Channel. So I said, all right, Kelly, here's what we're going to do. We're going to hire a freelance videographer. We hired two of them. And we're going to put these videos together, and we're going to create an online course. So it's called the Learn to Hit It Kit. So anybody that needs to learn how to play golf in their own backyard, they get a mat, they get foam golf balls, they get my Golf 101 for Executive book, they get the online course, and they get a coupon for 10% off anything from Callaway. So from there, right, I'm assuming you're getting you're getting more and more females that are becoming more interested in the game. We talk an awful lot about growing the game. How can we grow the game, right? And this is an, an opportunity, and I'm, I'm sure it's not just for women, but for people to learn how to do that and how to get better at playing the game without, as you point out, having to leave their families, leave their children, to go spend an hour or more, and whether it's at the driving range or going out and playing nine or whatever that is, and an opportunity to grow the game by giving people an opportunity to do the, learn the skills in their backyard. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anybody that might be interested sure. in the Pursue Your Ed project, if you would like to take the assessment, there's a free assessment. If you go to cindymillerinc.com forward slash nail it, you can take a free assessment. And it will tell you your behavior style and what motivates you to action. So that's cindymillerinc.com forward slash nail it. Cindy, you also have a four-month program called Own Your Game. Talk about what that program is all about. Again, you know, people, the more you know yourself, the better you're going to get at golf. And tour players, their only inventory is themselves. So they need to know who they are. They need to know whether they're left-brained, right-brained, what their behavior style is, if they're audiovisual kinesthetic, how they learn, because you can't make a Jason Duffner act like a Tiger Woods. And... Any, and this is so important for parents because there's so many parents who think they've got the next Michelle Weir, Tiger Woods in their family, and they're trying to make these kids be somebody they're not, and they're just going to end up getting whacked out. So it's really important. The Own Your Game Academy is a four-month program. That everyone takes the behavior assessment, the motivation assessment, the audio-visual kinesthetic assessment, and then they have to learn, number one, how to hit the ball clean, airborne, and straight on purpose. That's that's only part of the program. You have to learn, you know, the skill acquisition to be able to hit the ball. Then you have to be able to hit the ball where you want it to go when you want it to go there, which is, you know, that's a whole nother, you know, learning session in itself. How do I score? So that's what the Own Your Game Academy is. And then we also do boot camps in Florida. We've got, uh, in fact, we've got a boot camp coming up at French Lick Resort during the Senior LPGA Championship, which I absolutely love French Lick. And then we've got a boot camp in Orlando in November and February, March, and April. Cindy, you mentioned the, the, the ladies senior tour, right? We're finally making some headway with that tour. We had the U.S. Senior Women's Open earlier this year in May at Pine Needles, which was won by Helen Alfredson. So we're, we're starting to see a little traction there. We started out with the uh, with the, the tournament there at French Lick, and now I feel like we're getting traction with that tour. Talk about what's going on there and, and uh, what you see as the future. 
while we are getting traction because we have two major championships, which is I'm very grateful for, I believe that um, we need more. Jane Geddes is now our president of the Legends Tour. She's working closely with the LPGA to help us get more events. I believe that, you know, if you partnered with the Legends Tour to not only compete, but to also do corporate clinics and junior clinics and teach people how to play, that I think you're getting so much bang for your buck for a really good price. And people that, you know, of our generation, which is, I guess you'd say from 40 and up, you know, you're going to recognize these names, Nancy Lopez, Julie Inkster, Helen Alfredson, Laura Davies, Rosie Jones, Patty Sheehan, you know, really, really good players. And one of the great things, and I talk to our friends at French Lick all the time, one of the great things about the Legends Tour is the fact that you really get much closer access to the LPGA Legends players than you do probably on any other tour or maybe even in any other sport. Talk about how great it is to interact with the fans and how closely that happens with the Legends Tour. Well, you're absolutely right. And it's amazing how close we do get to the fans. In fact, Dave Harner just sent me an email today and said, I need you to do a clinic for Old National Bank. While you're here, can you do that? And I'm going to have to tweak the dates of our golf school that we were going to have. But we, you know, I offer golf schools to the, to the people that come to the tournament. We do a one-day golf school at the at the links, um, the smaller course down below, the PI right. and the Donald Ross. Um, we play in the pro-ams. I've had people that were my scorers come to my boot camps. You become friends with these people, and that's why Corning wanted us to come back. I mean, these girls came back to Corning and stayed in the private housing they used to stay at 20 years ago. How cool is that? I mean, these right. are lifelong relationships that are made. It's not just, oh, go watch this tour player and leave. You make friends. That's awesome. Cindy, I want to switch gears a little bit again because I want to get your thoughts on, you know, the hot topic around the tour right now on the, on the, the PGA side is around slow play. For a person that has been out on the LPGA Tour playing, when you have someone in the group ahead of you that's playing slow, how much does that impact, you know, your game and the rest of the field that day? Well, yes, it drives everyone nuts. But, you know, if you allow it to bother you, it's going to ruin your game. So you just you can't let it bother you. And you have to make sure that the rules officials are on top of it because once a group is behind, they need to be timed. And once they're timed, they have to be given, they have to be penalized. That's the only way there has to be a consequence for their action. If there's a consequence for the action, they might learn to play a little quicker. If there's no consequence, they're getting away with it. So they could care less who they're hurting. That's my opinion. And again, part of it is the fact that this behavior style again. So a high C personality is Mr. Perfectionist. You know, Bernard Langer once asked his caddy if that yardage was from the front of the sprinkler or the back of the sprinkler. Well, that's <laughs> a little left-brained, right? And so, again, that person is cautious, superstitious, and they're going to take longer to play, which is the same thing with Bryson, you know, DeChambeau. He's very scientific, so he's got to learn to do his routine in 40 seconds or less. So... Unless there's a consequence, it's not going to change. 
What's the right consequence, do you think, to get someone's attention? Two shots. Okay. End of story. Two shots. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> I, I mean, they'll shut up, right? Right. I mean, why should they hold up the whole tournament? I got to learn to do it faster. Why can't you? They've got to learn to think faster. Part of learning to play golf is while you're walking up to the shot, you know, inspect the option. How far do I have? Where's the trouble? Acknowledge where stupid would hit the ball. Avoid stupid at all costs. What's the wind doing? What's my lie look like? What's my playable yardage? What's the best shot to play from here? Pick the club and go. The more you think about it, the more you're going to stand there and freeze, and then you're going to choke, and then you're going to hit it bad, and then you're going to take longer. So, Cindy, I want to get a couple of playing lessons before I let you go. And, and you've written a wonderful article for the Buffalo News about how to fix some common problems with our swings. And the first thing you talk about is making clean contact. Talk about what you mean by that. So you can hit it fat, which is digging to China, which is hitting the ground way behind the ball. You can hit it clean, which is at the bottom of the arc, perfectly brushing the grass before the ball. You can hit it thin, which is picking it up a little bit higher from the ground on the ball. You can top it, which is hitting the top of the ball, or you can whiff it. So there's fat, clean, thin, top, whiff. Five options. Now, your face can be square, open, or closed, right? So we're not talking about direction of the ball. We're only talking about contact. So when you get tight or when people tell you, which I call those people the committee of A, Keep your arms straight. Don't bend your wrists. They're making you swing really stiff, which is going to help you dig to China and hit it fat. It's also going to help pull you up out of your posture, which is going to help you hit it thin. So if you were bowing over, and I call it partially puking, so if you bow over from the waist, like you're going to throw up a little bit, not a lot, then the weight's going to be on the balls of your feet, and your arms are going to hang from your shoulders. And if you swing the club head, not the grip, if you swing the club head and you allow the wrist to swing back and forth like a pendulum, you will brush the ground and you will hit it clean. It's just like Iron Byron, the machine that all club companies and ball companies use to hit the ball and test balls and product. That Iron Byron made a hole-in-one at the Phoenix Open in 2016. And Iron Byron is a machine on a platform that just swings its arms back and through. So if you're a beginning golfer and you can't hit it clean in the air, try what I'm telling you. Just relax your arms, hang from the waist, relax your wrists, swing it back, and brush the grass. Now, what I tell some people to do is pretend you're sweating like a pig and you don't want anyone to see you sweat. And I want you to, I want you to keep your armpits covered, right? So go with me here. Stop laughing. Yeah. You're going to keep your armpits covered, and you're just going to swing the club head back and forth with your wrist. And I tell you what, you're going to brush the grass, and you'll get it airborne every single time. I guarantee it. Wow. What a great tip. I love, I love how you explain those things. That's outstanding. Well, I'm a little weird. Anyone... Here's, here's the thing. I, I just have to tell you. You know, when I start, I yeah. didn't want to teach golf. Alan wanted to teach golf. I'm like, I'm mad at golf. I wasn't good at golf. I wanted to be better than I was. I've never been good enough. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to teach you how to teach. I'm like, okay, fine. So now that I know how to teach, I mean, no one when they start out wants to teach women beginners or any beginners, but women beginners especially. And I got to tell you, that's the best thing I do. 
I get somebody who's never touched the club or had their boyfriend or father or, you know, uncle or somebody say, oh, well, you got to do this. You got to do that. I go, you tell them that I said to zip it. And as long as they keep talking, it's going to cost them more money. Just keep your mouth shut. And I tell you what, you're <laughs> going to get it airborne and hit it straight. So I love teaching beginners. Well, go ahead. Awesome. Sorry. No. And one more before I let you go, Cindy. I know your son, Jamie, just finished tied for third at the New York State Men's Amateur Championship last week. Looks like his game is in real good shape. Catch us up. How's Jamie doing? You know what? He's he's depressed. <laughs> and really? And I saw he had to play 36 holes. Well, I'll tell you a story. So I saw he had to play 36 holes the last day. I said, Mommy's canceling our golf lessons. I got a caddy for you. He goes, okay. Cause, so I took a pull cart, and it was going to pour rain. So we had two rain delays. So my kid is like me and boy skin, right? He goes out in the first morning round. He shoots a couple under par, and he's leading by two, I think. Then the wind started to blow, and I mean to tell you, it was 40 or 50 miles an hour. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so hard. I would shoot a 1,000 out here. So we tee off on the second 18, second hole at Craigburn, which David Ogren will know because he's played in the Gary Graylick uh, Pro-Am at Craigburn before. And so um, Jamie's got a third shot on the par five, and it's, it's howling in his face. Well, the guy he's playing with almost dumps it in the water. The ball just got up in the air, and it came back in his face. So Jamie looks at me. He goes, I think I got to chip a little pitching wedge. And I didn't say anything because he had said to me, just keep your mouth shut unless I ask you. And he didn't ask me, so I kept my mouth shut. He blows this thing over the green, and he's laying in the heather with the ball sitting above the floor, the ground while he goes under the ball. Then he chunks it. Then he chips it short of the green. Then he knocks it on the green, and he three putts for a 10. So the kid never makes a penalty, no penalty shots, and he makes a 10 on a par 5. Do you know that that kid shot one under par from that 10 all the way in, and he lost? Wow. So so he's very open and transparent, and he said, I made two stupid decisions. I tried to back off and play and protect, and I made a 10 and a double. I will never do that again. And I said, well, it wasn't meant to be. He goes, I'm so ticked off. I said, honey, you can't change. Not meant to be. That's not in your power. And I'm very proud of you. And you played your butt off. And he's the only one that finished in the top 10 with his pairing, his drawing from the first two rounds late early. He's the only one that finished in the top 10. So I said, look, you made a 10. He's the only one that finished in the top 10. Pat yourself on the back. Plus, you're kind of old. <laughs> he's 34 and all these other kids are like 20. So he's okay now, but he goes, this one's going to hurt for a little while. But yes, he's a very yeah. good player. And the guy that we played with the last two rounds, is, it's his partner for the USGA four ball. And hopefully they qualify to play in October. So thanks for asking. He's a good kid. And he, Absolutely. he's a really good player. So you let our listeners know how they can stay up to date with all the great things that you and Alan are doing both online and on social media. I was Cindy Miller Golf is uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Cindy Miller Golf, Alan Miller Golf. Alan is a wizard. He's really smart. Uh, I would go to CindyMillerInc.com if you want a speaking engagement. If you want uh, boot camps, go to CindyMillerInc.com, click on boot camps. And if you want to take the free assessment to figure out what your behavior and motivation style is, go to CindyMillerInc.com forward slash nail it. Thanks, Chris. Cindy. Absolutely. Thank you, Cindy, for being generous with your time. You're outstanding. I always have a great time when you're a part of the show. I hope you come back and join me again real soon. I would love to. Thanks, honey. Have a great night.
Hi, you too, Cindy. That's the great Cindy Miller. Cindy Miller Golf, CindyMillerInc.com. Great sites, great person. You're going to learn a lot. And uh, she's a, just an outstanding individual. So uh, please reach out to her and give her a follow both uh, on uh, online on her site and uh, obviously on social media as well. Can't Can't wait to have her back on the show. She's one of my absolute favorite people.